Hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan with pureandsimplebible.com, and I'm very thankful to have another opportunity to have a Bible study conversation. And you're listening to John Pa and I discuss Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And last week we kind of got into the uh, first part of the study where we're breaking down Paul's contentment, and that's the context of the verse. But now we're going to continue in this study and really kind of compare what God's teaching is to what some other people have turned it into. So let's jump back into the Bible study, shall we? Makes total sense that Mm -hmm. he's got one on one side of the verse is his contentment. And on the other side of the verse is his thankfulness. I don't see here that Paul could slam dunk or no, yeah, you know, fly to the moon using yeah. the verse "I can do all things." Right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, he is not. There's no mention here of his, you know, gaining, yes, a, a, you know, athletic prowess or or any kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, magical powers. Essentially, so he's yeah, he's not he's not boasting either. He, he's not saying that I've you know, look at all this stuff that I've achieved. He's just really saying I've, I've been content in my various circumstances. Can you tell me about the, the way that the, the NIV translates it? Because sure. it seems like that makes, helps it make more sense yes. than maybe other translations do. Right. Yeah. So the NIV, you know, translates, um, you know, four and 13, um, to say, I can do all this through him who strengthens for all this through him who gives me strength. Right. So again, this, it kind of takes away the, all this, he's referring backwards, you mm-hmm. know, to the, the, this being the, the contentment that, that he's reached in, in various circumstances. So it's not all things. So it takes away, you know, all material things. It's all, all the contentment that he's reached in his circumstances. Right. So he's learned, he's just summing up. Um, I know how to be content. I know how to be hungry. I know how to be full. I know how to be clothed. I know how to go uh, without clothes, you know, et cetera. And in all things or in all this, Christ gives me strength. I can do all of these things because Jesus gives me strength. You know, last time we talked about fast food and us not wanting to go hungry. Mm-hmm. But there is a value, if we can return to that conversation, there is a value in experiencing the extremes, both in being full and in going hungry. Right. If you're just full all the time and right. you don't experience the other, could you ever know how much you could do through Jesus? I don't right. know. There's just kind of some musings like we did last time. Right. So the way that you're going in your notes, misplaced mm-hmm. faith, generosity, others' generosity, taking advantage of it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of like, you, like we just kind of went over how yeah, when you maybe suffer hunger or suffer need, you you know it allows you to um, maybe appreciate things more, um, and maybe and obviously suffering would you know just practically thinking it makes it harder to be content when you're needing something when you're hungry, um, you know. And I think maybe it's sometimes hard for us to understand how finding contentment is difficult on the other half of the extreme when there's abundance, um, right. or, or when we have a lot of things. And so, you know, there's this thought that, 
you know, it's hard to find contentment when you're hungry, but easy when you're full. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, both are true, basically. So when you're full or you're receiving things from, uh, you know, so like Paul in this example, you know, he's receiving all these gifts and he's, his needs are being provided for. It may have been easy for him at that point in time to, you know, just take advantage of the Philippians, essentially. Right. Um, and because he, he could feel so abundantly provided, you know, that he wouldn't, you know, need to continue, you know, serving God, essentially. And unfortunately, you know, same thing can happen these days, um, you know, where um, whether it's a charity or, or a person, whatever the, whatever the case is, you know, placing faith in the, in the wrong, you know, organization or person, you know, can lead to people being taken advantage of. Um, and it, to go back even further, um, you know, it, it is difficult to find contentment when all your needs are provided because um, then you just want more. You know, it, just, it, just, it right. just leads to if it's easy to get the first thing, then it, it should be easy to get the second thing. And then just our um, your expectations. Yeah, they, they rise exponentially, it seems mm-hmm. like. I want to read Proverb 30, verse 7 through 9. It says, Two things I ask of you, and deny them not to me before I die. First, remove far from me falsehood and lying. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. And then he goes on to explain why he doesn't want poverty or riches. He says, mm-hmm. lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this guy, his he's just wanting, just give me enough. I don't need too much and I don't need too little. So there's, right. I guess, one or a different uh, verse on how one should should be looking at contentment is let's be living a life where we just we, we have enough we don't want to have excess and we don't also want to have so little that we profane the name of the Lord mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a good mindset to have but what do I do when I live in a country like America and it's just comes natural that we have abundance sure yeah. I don't think any of us, even if we did skip breakfast today or skip lunch today, we could have had it. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Even if we didn't have it at home, we could have somehow gone to get it at the store. What do we do who are so on the one extreme of mm-hmm. abundance that we kind of don't know what it might be like to live without? Do you have sure. any advice or recommendations for us? You know, I think that's it's a hard it's hard because, you know, like you said, we are kind of surrounded and bombarded by excess and opportunity. You know, I guess the encouragement would be one. I mean, I guess in a weird way, the, the, the documentary, I don't think that's an extreme. I don't think you need to stop buying food completely. Right. But I, I think one recognizing that there are people in the world that can survive with much less than what we have. Right. Um, just just first, just recognizing it as it's, it's out there, um, you know, and then I think and then really just taking inventory of probably the things you have. I mean, you can probably easily go through your closet and probably half of the stuff you may have, <laughs> you may have worn once. And right. so I think I think the first thing would be, you know, recognizing the excess and then I guess in some way inventorying or documenting your own excess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say you need to throw everything out at that point in time. Sure. 
But I think both of those things would help recognize the issue. And then going forward, you know, really asking yourself, you know, I think probably one of the hardest things for a person maybe to differentiate in their own lives is the difference between a want and a need. Oh, yes. Um, yes. That's probably pretty universal for everybody, but we need to get out of this mindset that I need uh-huh. a, a new car, uh-huh. a bigger house, <laughs> a new pair of jeans. Um, right. <laughs> so I, I, I think, you know, it, just recognizing that, just being very, very, very careful about even our vocabulary, both yep. with each other, um, just so that other people, cause you know, if you're constantly saying, man, I really, I really need a hamburger for lunch, uh, uh-huh. just saying I really want one, um, you know, just may help as a personal and internal and external, um, maybe manifestation of, of, of the difference between sure. the two. Um, and you know, from there you can take any direction I guess you want, but I, I think if you just focused on, I'm only going to purchase things I need, um, I mean, you'd save, we'd all save a lot of money. Um, And you could use that money for the glory of God. Sure. You know, the the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil, rather. And uh, that's, it's not an out of context verse. It's Mm -hmm. a misquoted verse because a lot of people say money is the root of all evil. Sure. But the actual verse is the love of money. And so God can use rich people too. Mm -hmm. And frankly, People like me, mm-hmm. uh, my salary is paid mm-hmm. because people want to give to the church. Mm-hmm. And so if you just gave up all of your money and lived, if everybody was a pauper, then we couldn't pay preachers. Sure. So there's got to be a balance. Sure. And maybe let's, let's use that to get back into Philippians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've gone on this, you know, ramble together now. Okay. Um, but obviously Paul is, is expressing balance. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to be full mm-hmm. and I've learned how to be hungry. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to be naked. I've learned how to be cl- He's. I can do all these things. Right. Um, specifically about finding the contentment in his life. Mm-hmm. Then the, the question is, where does the strength come from? I can do all things. And it talks about strength there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I left out the word because the verse very clearly states it, but yeah. I'd like to give you time to help us and encourage us with where the strength comes to do all these things. Sure. Yeah. So, so you know, the verse itself answers the question by concluding, you know, that, that we can do all these things um, through Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the NIV translates it again to say, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So Paul here has given all the glory to God. He's not giving it to himself. Right. He, he's not writing the church and saying, Look at all that I've overcome. <laughs> I've I've been yes. I've I've learned how to be hungry and full and yeah. clothed and and etc. Yeah, he's you know he's not saying he he's not giving the glory to himself but to God. And I think when we can recognize that in ourselves, you know, I think pride is something that's very easy to uh, you know for, for a person to fall into. Right. We can be very proud right. of the things that we've accomplished, and it's not to say you can't take you know some degree of 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 credit and and some degree of you know take some personal in, enjoyment in the things that you've done but we have to realize that especially in these times of you know really enduring different things that we give glory properly to god because sure. ultimately without him paul could not have accomplished this right. um and and that's true for paul and that's true for us too now i love how verse 14 it uses the word nevertheless Right. 
because it was like this transition verse. Mm -hmm. Now, we've already looked at the verses coming up that they were sending these financial gifts. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, in the context, you know, he's writing this chapter about his contentment and then also his thankfulness for their gifts because he's learned to be content in whatever situation, but he's still encouraging them and being thankful for it. So uh, verse 14 says, nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Maybe can you explain that to us and how it's tying this chapter together? Sure. So I mean, so, so he's just given glory to God for um, you know giving him the strength to uh, to endure all these things, um, to do all these things. He's also saying here, you know, you. So you being the, the church in Philippi have done well to share with me, you know, in in some of these you know circumstances and trials as well. So. He's really, you know, giving credit also to the church in, in, in Philippi for mm-hmm. the support and strength that he mm-hmm. has gotten from them. Um, so, again, it's not he's not saying, look at me. I could have done this without you. Um, he's saying, <laughs> look what we collectively, you know, have done yeah. um, uh, with God and, and with their support. And the same is true, of course, today, you know, a single Christian, you know, if you know, if there's a Christian out there that's just living in a city, a state, a country, a continent where there's no other Christians, it can be a major challenge. Um, right. And so having a support structure, whether that's someone that's physically close or just spiritually close, um, you know, having a, a support structure is critical, you know. I agree. Yeah. And I love, you know, I hadn't considered the second part of chapter 14 or chapter four, rather. Um, this first part I'm very familiar with and, and its proper context about personal contentment and being aware of your surroundings. But the fact that Paul is saying it, and then he's he's encouraging them, hey, we're all in this together, and the gift that you're sending, it's going to be helpful, and I'm thankful that we're this community, even if we're not physically present. That's really powerful and helps me appreciate the chapter. Um, I wanted to share before before we summarize this lesson, maybe a modern day, I don't know if it's going to be identically parallel, but it's close to it. You know, I used to be a school teacher before I worked full-time for the church. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I got paid a salary um, from the school district and I would go preach certain places and they would want to pay me a little money for coming to preach. They'd want to pay for my expenses, you know, my mm-hmm. gas to get their food along the way, et cetera. And, I never felt good about it because I was making money as a school teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, in the same way, was a tent maker. Mm-hmm. And so he sometimes made money sewing tents. Mm-hmm. And so he would preach at night, you know, after he was done. He's like, sew tents by day, preach by night. And that was kind of my philosophy, you know. <laughs> uh, teach school by day and preach by night. I was like the spiritual Batman right. or something. But <laughs> okay. anyway, um, I remember talking to a brother at, at church about it one time, saying, I just don't feel comfortable taking money from these people because I already have a job. Right. And he looked at me and said, uh, Jonathan, you are denying them the gift that they've wanted to give you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I hadn't considered it from that perspective. Right. I wasn't forcing them. I didn't, you know, if they, if they had paid me nothing, right. I still would have gone. Sure. Because I wanted to go and share the word. Right. Um, but the fact that they wanted to and that they were, They'd set that money aside. It humbled me. Right. And I guess I see that with the Philippians. You know, Paul didn't command them, mm-hmm. but he's writing this note of thanks. 
let's look, I've learned to be content in whatever, and yet you're still sending us thank you. Thank right. you so much. So right. what a special set of verses in Philippians 4. Right. Although I am uh, a little upset that my my three-point game is not going to yeah. improve if I state this verse magically before. <laughs> I uh, I watched your uh, your video. Uh-huh, good. Yes, I saw it. So we'll, we'll plug your video. I watched that last night. So, did you? Uh, I did. I did. So, uh, so if anyone wants to go out there and watch it, um, yeah, it's still there. You can see if uh, I still Jonathan miss all those shots. can or cannot dunk. <laughs> well, let's uh, summarize what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I think the summary here is that, that Flip, Philippians chapter four verse thirteen is a is a wonderful. It's a, it's a very encouraging verse verse, um, but that it means so much more um, and really right. so much differently than than this thought that you know you can you know, just reach for the stars. You can, right. you can do it. Um, cause God said you can do it. Um, <laughs> it, it's not about what you can do. Um, but it's what Christ has and can do, you know, through you. Right. Um, it, it's not a promise that, that we're going to reach a certain achievement. Um, it's, it's a rather a promise that we will sustain through di- different circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think another way to phrase it would be, it's not a promise of, uh, of, of prosperity, um, but it, it, it's a promise of, um, of, of perseverance. I like that. It's not a promise of prosperity. It's a promise of perseverance. That You know, th- this verse is, is not a promise of achievement, but a promise of sustainability. You know, I think another way to say that it is it's a promise of, um, of, of perseverance, not prosperity for people. Did you make that up? Is that in your notes? I'm trying to find it. Is it is not in my notes. Honestly, thought I think I thought about it when I first wrote this, and I thought about it last night when I was rereading it. Because um, I was like, I need to, I meant, I didn't write it now. So, you're a, but it was you're in a my wordsmith. Head. You yeah. just came up with it was those in my on head. Man, I, what was the second one? Not an achievement? Oh, that's in there. Not a promise of achievement, achievement, but a promise of sustainability. And then Where's prosper- that one at? Uh, B, it. 5B. Second sentence. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm I'm disappointed now that I, <laughs> I'm just <kidding. laughs> that one was not original, yeah. but the other, well, they're both original. This one that that one was premeditated though. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So yeah. So we can see that, that Philippians chapter four and verse thirteen is not, you know, really intended to be this pregame battle cry. Right. Um. It, it's not a way for us to summon these supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. Um. Or to, or to summon some kind of internal you know, strength that's just going to let us jump over the moon. Um, it's not to imply that a person can do anything they can de- desire. Um, so, again, Paul's not promising, you know, these Christians, you know, earthly pleasures or success in every endeavor they take on, but but rather reminding us that we can really endure defeat. We can endure setbacks that we face. Yeah. Um, and we can also overcome, again, excess or earthly desires if, if we desire Christ. Right. You know, I see the application of this verse not in the vainglory of someone's personal achievement, like you said, mm. but I see it with somebody who's closed the door. You know, in, in Matthew 6, when Jesus said the way that we're supposed to pray, mm-hmm. uh, go into your room, close the door, and ask your Father, and he who sees you will reward you. Mm-hmm. And I see somebody doing that, somebody who uh, maybe they f- they're facing a crisis mm-hmm. or uh, whatever it might be. And they go into the room and they say, Father, you know, help me overcome. I can do all things. Just mm-hmm. that statement. I can do all of this sure. through Jesus. Absolutely. And that that application, I think, finds more power right. than somebody yeah. in their vain glory as yeah. they're about to achieve something. Yeah. I guess, you know, in terms of what you just said, you know, the, 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 the application of this is someone that, 
is again, it's not someone taking an athletic field, but rather a person who is facing, you know, dire circumstances or challenges is, is really the way it should be used. It's not only the way it should be used, but I think it's just a lot more applicable way to be used. I mean, we are not the majority of us, me and you, we are not professional athletes. Um, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want you, to. You could be. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe next year, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're not, you know, we're not. You know, we can't, uh, you know, we don't, you know, if, if, the, if the only application of this verse is for us to be more accomplished right. physically, right. then that really doesn't apply to me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if the only application of this is so that I can get, you know, some kind of earthly prosperity, um, while that sounds great, it's just, you know, struggles and trials and tribulations are guaranteed. Um I think, you know, we all face sure. those. We face those. Sure. We probably face more trials than we do. I mean, definitely more than we, you know, face, you know, athletic, you know, trials. Right. So, um, yeah, it's not only the way it should be applied, but really it just it broadens the application. Well, it's like we said in our previous study in, yep. in Jeremiah 29. God's application of Scripture is just so much. It's exponentially larger than our misinterpretation. So sure. we. We take a verse out of context, we find some sort of personal happiness or peace with it, mm-hmm. but we're missing out on God's great blessings, which are just so much greater. Right. And when we look at the verses in context and we see God's promises, we get so much more application out of it. Right. So I totally get that. Yeah. Now, you are you have a metaphor <laughs> that you use, and sure. it's life is a roller coaster and how sure. this verse you know, uh, works that way. Why don't sure. you explain that for us? Sure. So, I mean, you know, I think life is a roller coaster again it just it just is you know we're, we're filled with a lot of highs where you know things are going great there's lots of twists and turns or maybe things go a different way than we expect them and there's also lows so there's mm-hmm. also a lot of a lot of dips along the way mm-hmm. um and i guess to me you know the application of this is that, that christ can be that seat belt or the safety bar um i am not one for roller coasters at all <laughs> uh if i was on one i would have a a grip on, on, on the safety bar. And the point being is cause that's, that's my safety. Um, yeah. and so when we hit the peaks, you know, instead of just shooting us off into the air, um, or, you know, us, you know, falling off, um, it grounds us. Um, okay. you know, when there's a twist or a turn again, instead of flying off to the side, to the left or to the right, it keeps us centered. Um, and then at the lows, you know, we don't fall and just tumble to the bottom. Um, but rather, again, it, it, it keeps us keeps us attached. Um, and right. So and again, if uh, yes, if, if, if the thought is that, you know, whatever grip you would have on that safety bar on this roller coaster of life, that's the same kind of cling that we should have to Christ. And then he does. He's true. You know, that that bar is not going to fail you. I love it. Yeah. I like that analogy. That's yeah. good. I don't know if I was at services when you gave this. Maybe I was. I think I was there for Matthew 7. Right. I don't know if I was there for this one, so, but that was a good analogy. I like it. Now, somebody might be listening to this, mm-hmm. and they might be disheartened because they feel like you're taking the focus off of Christ, even though that last analogy mm-hmm. or the metaphor really put it back on him as the safety bar. But w- w- you're not emphasizing so much that you're going you're gonna to accomplish all of these things, good or bad, on your own. Mm-hmm. You're emphasizing that it comes through Christ. And maybe that's the final word for this 
conversation. Right. You, would you like? Would you take us back to through Christ we sure. can accomplish these things? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So the verse is not I can do all things. Uh, the verse is I can do all things through Christ. Right. And so it's not only the last word of a the conversation, but it's the last word of the verse. And so when you talk about through Christ, like what does that mean to do all things through Christ? I mean, we can see that there's there's various verses that, that kind of tell us that we need Christ in order to be that um, kind of kind of gateway and give us access right. um, um, to the kingdom of God. So, uh, see, in, in John chapter fourteen, verse six, verse six, it says, "Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father through me, uh, but through me." Um, in John chapter ten and verse nine, it says, "I am the door. If anyone enters, uh, if anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture." Um, so, just like there's only, you know, one door, there's only one, you know, way. There's only one truth. There's only one mm-hmm. Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we need to know that there's through Christ is not, you know, a, just a generic term. Um, right. it, it, it's a very specific term. Um, and we need to know that it's specific um, and that there's more, there's not, there's not more than, you know, there's not various ways that we can sure. do all things. There's just one that's, that's Christ. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you very much for coming back in and uh, going through these series of verses out of context. I'm right. thankful for it and uh, I hope others are blessed by it. So thank you very much. Great. Thanks. I want to thank John Pa for coming into the studio with me way back in February of 2020, and having this conversation. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this miniseries, um, this recording has been kind of sitting on the digital shelf, so to speak, and we dusted it off, and uh, it's kind of brand new for everybody else, but we recorded it a long time ago. So I'm thankful that John came in way back when, and I hope that he's been working on his series, because I'd love for him to join me in studio again and teach some more from this out-of-context study series that he's developed. John is a great guy, and if you ever get the chance to come to Valley Parkway where we worship together, I hope you'll get to meet John. Uh, John and Sarah are some of our favorite people, and Marissa and I love spending time with them, playing games, and uh, our kids love their dog, and they love to go over to their house. So anyway, you can't get much better than John and Sarah Paul. I suppose that's all for this week. So I want to encourage you, like I do every week, to go check out the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com. Lots of resources there for you to use and download absolutely free. So check it out. And until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. we willing. See you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.